you need to have targeted slow sessions uh, with fast sessions too, but the fast sessions, which are ultimately very important, um, need to make up a very small part of your training volume overall. Welcome to the Run, Thrive, Survive podcast with your host, Sierra Carter. Here we will untangle the madness of our health by understanding our mind in action. We will balance emotional, mental, and physical health every single day. Because some days we thrive. Some days we just survive. But together, here we will run our lives. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Run Thrive Survive. I am your host, Sierra Carter. And as always, we are here to run our lives and not let life run us. Before we get started today, I just want to highlight something, a message that I want to make so important. And that is Run Thrive Survive was created to make sure that you have the knowledge the ability, the motivation, everything that you need in one place to really help yourself not only thrive physically, but thrive mentally. Because here on the podcast, I really want to put mental health before we put physical health. Because as somebody who has struggled with mental health, but took it out on her physical health, I know how important it is and how much we discount our mental health. And that's why we want to make sure we value it here on the podcast. So it's really focused on you, helping you thrive in every area of life, physically, emotionally, mentally, and in your career. So I just want to make sure you're not alone on that journey. And if you ever need anything, you can always reach out, send me your stories. I love to just talk to you guys because we all have such a beautiful, different story, and it's really neat to hear everyone else's. So kind of segueing into today's podcast, we are talking about a new training strategy, and that is going to be the polarized training method, or we're going to be talking about it more as the heart rate based based method. It's around the same idea. It's based on intensity rather than speed or mileage or whatever else you may be measuring in your training right now. And I have Paul here on the podcast who is an awesome endurance athlete. He has done ultra marathons. He has done Ironmans. And if you know anything about those two things, you know, they are far from easy and it takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of prepping. And since he's gone to this method that he's going to be talking about today, he has not looked back on any of his other training strategies. So he's going to be talking to us, giving us the whole rundown about what it really is, how you do it. And if you're thinking about switching to it, maybe some things that you have to just be aware of, understand that it's not going to be easy at first, but in the long term, it's going to be well worth it because he has definitely seen a significant improvement in his own training. So without further ado, I want to bring on Paul. You're tuned in to Run, Thrive, Survive with Sierra Carter. Remember to check back every week for new episodes. We are here with Paul and we are talking today about the polarized training method. And a few weeks ago, if you're watching Instagram, I had something about, you know, do you run for miles? Do you run for time? Like, what is your training method? And Paul came up with this entirely different subject of an option that I had. So I want him to go ahead, give us a little background on yourself, your runner, and just kind of introduce us into this polarized training method. What is it and how is it helping runners? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, I've been into fitness for forever. 
really, uh, really my whole life and school, out of school. Um, and I was always kind of like an interval junkie. And like, you know, I thought the more intense you train, the more intense sessions you can have, the better. Um, and it wasn't until I was competing uh, in my first ultra, that was a, a 24 hour race. And I reached wow. out to this guy, Mark Twite, who uh, maybe some people listening know, maybe they don't. Uh, but Mark Twite is famous for kind of putting CrossFit endurance on the map. Like right when CrossFit was coming out, he's a storied American alpinist, like has a bunch of speed records in the mountains and, uh, and is a mountain racer, ski racer, cycle racer and everything. And he was like, listen, all you need is hard, intense efforts and one long effort on the week and weekend and you'll be good. So I kind of reached out to him just as a confirmation bias, right? To be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Let's talk. And he's like, dude, it doesn't work. Like, <laughs> save yourself the time. I've been through this. And, uh, and, and you know, he, he said ultimately he ended up needing to go through a period of retraining. So, of course, I didn't listen to him, right? I know better than this guy and, and all this other things. And it wasn't until I was laid up with a uh, ice climbing accident where I really couldn't uh, run and like, you know, it was, it was months before I could run uh, or really do anything too physical. Um, and I started kind of reviewing my training and how I'd build back and started looking back on his emails to me and, uh, and some of the things he said and looking into it myself and, you know, realized that it's not out there because it's not this thing that sells that well, but most of the elite level endurance athletes out there, like we're talking sub 210 marathoners, mm -hmm. you know, Tour de France cyclists, people like that, the absolute majority of their training is done at speed and intensities that you or I would have no problem matching. Um, and really the, the theory behind it or the, or the meaning behind it, because this right. is how these people train. This is how they're successful. If there was a way for them to get quicker results, they do it is that, you know, you need to have targeted slow sessions uh, with fast sessions too, but the fast sessions, which are ultimately very important, um, need to make up a very small part of your training volume overall. So, you know, they, they talk about an 80-20 split for people that are like professionals that are training, you know, 40 hours a week, 20 hours a week. For us average people, they they say more of like a 90-10 split would probably be uh, more efficient. So certainly enough, like I started doing it and, you know, walking up hills on my runs just so my heart rate doesn't get out of the zone and everything like that. And uh, it was a real struggle to, to deal with. But at the end of the day, it, it really paid off the dividends. So, you know, and the big difference is you're going for time and heart rate zone instead of like a mileage, like the mileage is right. just a feedback on where your fitness level is. Yeah. Let me ask you this because that's really interesting. So you're, you're working when it comes to polarized training, you're working with your heart rate zones, right? What does that yeah. look like for you specifically? Obviously it's different for everybody based on your max, your min, everything oh, like that. Yeah. What measurements did you take and what are those numbers for you that you have to stay below? You have to reach at certain um, runs, different runs. Yep. So, uh, so for me, the, the zones that I went to, and this is from another person that I corresponded with, like, that's the good thing about the, uh, the academic world, right? Is these yeah. guys train Olympians, but they'll answer your emails too. And <laughs> I know it's like, so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
And and this is from Dr. Uh, Steven Sealer, who was involved with the Norwegian Olympic program. So all those people that just collected golds in, uh, in cross-country skiing this past Winter Olympics. Uh, and they use a five zone system there. Uh, zone one is 45 to 65 percent uh, or sorry, 55 to 75 percent your max heart rate. Um, so for me in particular, that was up to like 144 uh, beats per minute. And Which that's where the walk, right? Is almost. That, well, the yeah. thing is, is by doing this training, if I say had a two hour training session and this wasn't at the beginning, like this is after doing this training that in two hours, keeping my heart rate under 145, I could do a half marathon. And, yeah. and it's, it was, you know, before I'd need to like, you know, be putting out and be closer to like, you know, my lactate threshold in order to, uh, to do a sub two marathon, uh, half marathon. But with this, it was kind of, it ended up just being a nice walk in the park as my fitness level, uh, increased. So yeah, like, you know, the first two zones, 55 to 75, 75 to 85, that's where the bulk of your training should, should be in. And you don't want to even go too close to that 85 because now you're approaching like lactate threshold, 85 to 90% your, your max heart rate. That's typically where your race is going to be in. Like that's kind of skirting the the lactate line and, and pushing as hard as you can for time. Uh, then zone four is 90 to 95%. And that's where most of my intervals took place. Yeah. And then, uh, zone five, you know, maximal effort 95 to hundred. Now looking at and using these, these zones, do you ever look at your pace? No, no. So, so again, pace is just a feedback of your fitness level and, you know, pace can vary day to day too, right? You just did a tough leg workout or, or just aren't feeling it didn't sleep well, you know, if you go by pace, you might be going too hard. You might be approaching your lactate threshold in that session when that's going to be more disruptive than it's going to be helpful, depending on the goals of the session. You know, so it's always just strict heart rate. Forget about pace. Forget about mileage. Uh, that will take care of itself. So let me ask you this now, kind of comparing it to pace, something you just said, how it's like, you know, day to day, maybe you didn't sleep very well that night. How did you notice that maybe your heart rate varied versus the time that you spent out on a run? You know, maybe you were, had to stay, you know, lower. How did that vary? Like what kind of markers were you looking for in that versus now your pace? Because we obviously know if your pace is slow, you're not feeling good. But what did that feel like that those, the whole new world of markers? So, yeah, it was, you know, honestly, it's the mental part that was the toughest part of it. Because, yeah, like, you know, I still even when I was doing like triathlons and training 20 hours a week, you know, I'd still be lifting weights, too. And there were plenty of sessions where my legs just felt like concrete. Right. Right. And if I tried to push my pace, my heart rate would spike. And like, so mentally it was really hard to just like slow down and be like, well, I guess I'm doing a 10 and a half minute mile for the next, you know, 90 minutes and felt really slow to me. And, you know, I have people on the street that I could certainly take in a race, just blowing past me like jump, you know? Uh, So, so mentally it was, that was probably the most challenging part of it, but yeah, like any, anything could cause my heart rate to spike or, or, you know, actually be in a good zone. So those times where I had the sub two hour half marathons in zone one, it was when I was well rested and, you know, I was, I was ready to go. What about coffee? Do you, are you a coffee drinker before you run or a caffeine? Because obviously that spikes your heart rate. So I'm assuming that might mess with your fitness level, your true fitness level and the heart rate. 
totally. So, you know, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to win the uh, qualify for the Olympics anytime soon. So I was totally cool with messing with a session, having some drinks the night before and waking up early and not being able to really push it that hard and, and everything. So I totally respect the people that are, you know, their performance is their ultimate like satisfaction in life and they don't want anything to, to interrupt it. But yeah, I mean, you drink coffee, you drink alcohol, your performance yeah. and your heart rate is certainly going to. Yeah. Gonna so vary. you're not giving up the coffee. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I, I promise that's, that's not going to happen before I run. Now yeah. looking into your ultra, how do you think it affected? Like, it, it, let me go back a step. Did you run an ultra before you use this method? Uh, yes. So okay. that one that was 24 hours, I, I ran in and, uh, and, you know, so the thing is, right, is that you can be an interval trained endurance athlete and you can still raise your fitness level a respectable amount. You know, it's not like, oh, it just doesn't work and, and everything like that. It's just if you're looking to, to maximize your performance and have consistent year over year progression and, and everything like that is is what they found is you need to stick to uh, a more, you know, polarized approach like this. So what so was the I, I, breaking? Oh, sorry. What was the point that you realized that this method really did it for you? Uh, probably uh, the second half Ironman I was in where, you know, I and it wasn't like, you know, I'm I don't know. I'm sure a lot of other racers and, and maybe you in particular. Right. You have your A races, your B races, your C races. And, right. you know, this wasn't an A race for me. So I wasn't looking to, like, go all out like I had other events that I needed to do that I want to save my body for and everything. Uh, so I did this this half Ironman and I get off the bike and I put in like a 142 half marathon after the swim and the bike. And it felt effortless. Like I was, I was in zone three, but it's not like it was like a tough zone three. I was just kind of cruising like, Hey, like I saw some people that I knew from training around here. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Like not out of breath, not feeling cramped. And I'm like, wow, all, most of my training sessions were really easy. And here I am on race day, just like doing pretty good comparatively for what my level of performance normally was. Right. And if anybody's done a a half Ironman, you know, running's the last event. So you're tired by the time you even get there. So to just be cruising along, that's a huge accomplishment. Now, when it comes to during the race, are you watching your heart rates during the race or are you just letting your body take over? Uh, so yes, uh, like obviously can't do it during the swim, right? <laughs> but, oh, well, yeah, that's uh, a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. Like running, cycling, yeah. things that you're not uh, like underwater for. <laughs> but on the cycling, pay strict attention to it just because like you said, right, running's the last sport. And if you push too hard on the cycle, your run is just going to be brutal. So I, I stay pretty close on the cycle to what in like in cycling, you can either do heart rate or power, you know, they have the, the power meters on the bikes. So I stay pretty close to what I where I know I should be like, you know, what all my training has dictated where I should be on race day, even if I feel good, because I've made the mistake of being like, oh, I feel good. I'm just going to have like a career day and then the run I'm brutalized, you know. Um, but then on the run is where I'll kind of just go by feel, depending if it's an A race or not. And, right. you know, if I have the energy on the run, well, it's the last thing. So I'm just going to like gun at that point. Right. And I guess like when asking you, cause you mentioned a little bit ago, it was all mental trying to really use this training, um, method. 
what would yeah. you say to somebody that's trying to get into it? Because all of us are watching pace. I know for a fact, if I'm not watching my pace, I think I might lose my mind, but I'm going to have to get those totally. whole new mental markers. How do you overcome that? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that's different for everybody. Like for me, I've always been like a, a bit of an experimenter where, you know, I, I wasn't always a runner. Like I did like mixed martial arts. I boxed in college. I, you know, did basketball and baseball before that. And, uh, and like, and then I did like powerlifting and Olympic lifting and, and stuff like that. So I always kind of had this experimentation mindset to where I would just accept whatever the day to day was for a certain amount of time. And then maybe four months down the road, evaluate and be like, did that work for me? Did that not work for me? And if it didn't work, I would just abandon it and try something else. So that's kind of the mindset that I had where I just accepted the, the drudgery of extremely slow training sessions uh, where I didn't feel like I was getting a workout in. Um, and just, you know, I was like, all right, in four months, I'll, I'll give it four months and I'll see where I am. And, and sure enough, after four months, uh, I was, I, I could see the improvement to where I stuck with it. So here's a question that I just thought about. If you're doing these long runs, are you going for mileage with the heart rate or are you going for time with the heart rate? So Not pace, time. but like time, two hour mark. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's time by heart rate. So then your pace and your mileage is just a feedback of your fitness level at that time. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, if you do 90 minutes in zone one, at the beginning of your training session, that might be X pace and X mileage. And then after you've been training for six months, 90 minutes at zone one will be a higher pace and a higher mileage. So you kind of get that feedback as to whether it's working for you or not. Wow. And then if you're an experimenter, how long have you been holding on to this method to like really hone in that it works for you? Yeah. So years now, like wow. it was uh, that ice climbing accident was 2013. Uh, so oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it you're was, coming up you know, 10 years. It's been nine years. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's honest. And like I said, it's just works so great and, and everything kind of just keeps reinforcing that not only like my, my personal experience, but like when I dig into it, like say, you know, I knew we were going to meet. So I was like, Oh, you know what? I wonder who the American record holder for marathon is Ryan Hall. So I look at Ryan Hall to see like if it can, to take a look at his training sessions to see if, he's going to conflict with what I say, right? Like it'd be bad if I'm on here saying this is how elite's train and then have Ryan Hall, the best American marathon runner train in a completely different way. And sure enough, like most of his training sessions are done at, uh, and this is like, you know, his quote in a story at a pace where most recreational runners wouldn't find challenging. So yeah, it's like, you know, and that's kind of years and years of confirmation like that. I'm like, okay, I'm on, I'm on the right path. Yeah, no, it's funny that we always try to do something different. And yeah. then the people that are doing it all that they, they seem to do it all right. We are we're always like, Oh, we'll just try something different. But you should yeah. really be focusing on what they're doing. So right. coming to the end here, what what events do you have coming up? So nothing right now. I'm I'm kind of in a lull. I don't I like I uh, I took COVID off and I haven't uh, I haven't signed up for any races yet. But uh, but you know I probably see like another half Ironman or, or half marathon in my immediate future for for perhaps this summer. We'll see. Like it's it's one of those things where you know you keep training. You just aren't training for a particular right. event. So I I feel pretty confident I could jump right back in and, and not miss too much of a beat. Absolutely. Uh- 
the us uh, endurance athletes never stop training. We, we don't yeah. take months off. We're just like, I don't know what's next. So that is awesome. Now, yeah. I know you have a blog, so I want to pl- uh, plug it. Where can they find you for more information on things that you find out? Sure. So willworkforadventure.com is the blog. And honestly, I, I haven't kept up with it since maybe like 2017, right? Like I, it was a blog that I started uh, right when OCR was taking off, obstacle course racing. So I started right when that started and I created this website that was actually the first website out there that kind of condensed everything into a race calendar for all the different branded races. Like that wasn't out there at the time. And I was collecting that information for myself anyway. And I was like, ah, you know what? I might as well put it out there for people too. And it kind of just developed into this uh, race blog. Um, But then, you know, other sites came along once it became a big business and they were professional sites doing the same thing I was doing. So I just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to let the pros handle it. My little hobbyist thing will uh, go to the wayside. So it's still up. I still renew the subscription, but I don't really keep up with it. Yeah, but there's still a lot of really good information on that. I was looking um, through it earlier. So there's a lot of really interesting information on it. So yes. So the, the polarized training will be there, yeah. uh, training blocks. Like I, I'm a real big fan of the four week training block where you have like three weeks of building, one week of deloading, and then you kind of pick up again. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some good information there on this. If you want to pop over. Awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on today and thank I you. wish you the Don't best in me. your training and whatever race you pick <laughs> coming up. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks. You too. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Please make sure that you subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast and head over to runthrivesurvive.com to sign up for On The Runs newsletter. And of course, if you do love the content and love this show and you want to support me a little bit more, you can also buy me a coffee and keep me energized on buy me a coffee with the link in the show notes. Really, you just buy me a coffee and trust me, I thrive off of caffeine so as always you guys i will see you here again next week on the podcast but until then make sure you go out there and run your life before life runs you bye guys